0: Welcome back to another episode of Boundaries on the Pursuing Truth podcast, where I have the awesome opportunity to have my co-host, my mother, Kim Mattern, with me. Kim, Kim, Kim Maddern with me. <laughs> but I'm getting it out. It's okay. You know what? We're rolling yeah. be- because here's the thing. We just tried to start this like four different times and you always know the intro is like the hardest thing to get through. I just wanna remind all of you guys that this is a series that we're working through. We don't even know how many episodes we're going to make of, of Boundaries. We like to say maybe eight and maybe we'll finish it up by December. But you know, as we dig more into Boundaries, this book by Cloud yeah. Townsend, it's like it's there's so much depth that we gotta cover. So there is no telling how many episodes my mother and I will do together. But just remember that these episodes on Boundaries will be released every other Friday. And on the opposite Friday is SNL Hot Takes where I have my awesome co-host Samantha Jimenez with me out in LA talking about issues within modern day culture. And there are a lot more uh, pointed conversations that are a lot more uh, free flowing, free going. Um, But uh, it's not over a specific topic a lot of times. We just cover multiple different things. But it's always a good time with with sam always a good time with my mother i also want to remind you guys that we do have another series called um the real talk radio show and on the real talk radio show this is where i bring on different guests and interview them talk about their the story of their life how maybe god has worked in their life or a perspective sometimes it's a musician talking about you know his his story and and or her story about why they write music and and are musicians. So a lot a lot of awesome things are happening with right. the podcast right now, Mom.
1: You're staying busy.
0: If all of you new listeners that are coming in, because I know the Instagram, the YouTube channel have really blown up. Um, if all you guys come in and you want to go back and listen to old episodes, don't be thrown off. <laughs> one, by the guy that is not wearing glasses in any of the other episodes. I look like a complete nerd in this <laughs> one, I know, and I got a little bit of glare going, but... You know, I got, I, there's there's like wind blowing on my eyeballs and then my contacts dry out and then I'm uncomfortable. And I want to be comfortable with you guys having a very good conversation hey. about what does a boundary look like?
1: So we're, we're going to talk first about the tangible and the intangible. So what is a boundary in the sense of who are you and who is me? So what's your boundary and what's my boundary? So when we talk about intangible things, for instance, as you're growing kids, kids don't have any idea what a boundary is. So, if you see a two-year-old, they don't think nothing about just taking off and running out into the street, say, because they don't know the understanding that at the end of your yard you don't go. Yeah. So, those are tangible boundaries where you can see the property line, see the hedgerow of bushes from your next door neighbor, you know, the fence those things that you can see visually with your eyes. The intangible ones are the ones that are harder to define because you don't see them. They're more on a spiritual level, I would say, and that's where you have to learn to know, you know, we we mentioned this in the first episode about who you are and what your values and your morals and your stance is, where your foundation is. So when you come into an intangible line, where does I start and you begin? Mm-hmm. And so it's taking ownership of what my line, my side of the line is and what your side of the line is. Um, let's take, for instance, <clears throat> an example. I'm at work. My job at work is that I schedule all the events that are going on in our building in a program, okay? And those, that information comes from me by people that have been designated to be over certain departments within the, the, organization. Or, or the organization. Their responsibility is to give me the information that I need to input into our program so that then it goes out to the facilities department and they know how to do their setups, take care of their needs and what needs to be done in order for that event to happen. So I'll take for instance today. So my job is to take their information and and put it in the computer. Well, we have some issues with some people that think that all they have to do is call me up or email me and say, can you um, edit this event and put this in? Or can you put, I need this room for this event and stuff, blah, blah, blah. Not my job. My job is to take the information you give me and put it in and, and not put it in.
0: Right, you give, you're yeah. over that department, right? And I'm over the distribution of, of informa- yeah. information. so
1: like it comes into me, I oversee it to see if do you have, dot 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 done, and mm. then I send, I approve it and send the information out. Yeah. So I had to send an email out to this department and oh, say, "I
0: love the hate emails,"
1: and say, "I say it very kindly." I just, emails
0: emails can be really misconstrued though
1: well texas can be emails can be i would rather do face-to-face because then they can read my expression and know if i'm being serious or if i'm not or if i'm mad or you know whatever yeah. it's just easier sometimes i think when you do face-to-face and i have that luxury all the time because we've got a lot going
0: on where well, I'm at. and everybody wants to talk to you
1: that's true <laughs> more than you know anyway um So I had to send out an email to all the department people in this particular department and say to the director, you have to pick the person you want to be in charge of your ministry so when they bring that information back into the program that I run, um, I can distribute it where I need to do. So in that email, I said, designate your person. And I said, and then I will train them to know how to run the program on their part. That was my boundary of saying, this is my responsibility, and that is your responsibility. And so that's your intangible boundary line.
0: And and recognizing, too, that your role is not to manage everybody else's department. It's their responsibility to manage their department because it's your responsibility to distribute to other departments, which makes the organization run smoothly. Yes. And I think another intangible boundary that we could talk about is that if you stepped out on my front porch right now and you looked over to the right, I just had a, like a bunch of 12 year olds that came over to the house and mowed the yard last week, Yeah, you know, and, and they came, they came to me and they asked, Hey, how far over do I go into the neighbor's yard? Mm -hmm. And, and I told them just run that fence line that, that just imagine there's a line out there, Uh but, but if you don't see the fence, you don't even know what I'm talking about with that other fence where, where it does show that, that there's the property line right there. And to define a property line, what you may have to go to say a a courthouse and look up what the easement is so that you understand what your responsibility is much like you working your job and distributing information to other departments that when you establish mm-hmm. that boundary like this is where i have responsibility to yes. distribute out and you have responsibility to provide information to me the right information so that when i distribute it out the other department has the correct information right. so that way we can work cohesively together right and you know i kind of i, I kind of find it fascinating that Um, there, there's also the intangible, you know, related to what your life is like. Right. You know, maybe it's, um, you're, you're struggling with a friend per se. Okay. And, and maybe you guys have, have been having arguments or there's just been this disagreement within the friendship. Maybe I can always relate to business. Um, but, but maybe it's that I want to take on this role Mm -hmm. and this person isn't allowing me to take on that role because they don't have boundaries within themselves to allow me to take over a role so that the that they are not overly extending themselves much like you would be overly extending yourself if they're not if that manager of the other department isn't providing you the correct information. Now you're going out and seeking it, which then makes your job much more difficult. And then you're overly extending yourself. And so this is the reason why when you take a boundary, when you see something in your life, it's so stinking important to look at it and say, I need to do this, A, so that I can continue to push out for B.
1: Yes. Let's put that on a personal note. Okay, let's take the business out of it because I think business boundaries sometimes are easier to do in our work environment because we know what our job description is. But take a friend that comes over and say that she has a child that um, a child a young adult. They're adult. And yet doesn't get a job. They are not responsible for doing even doing their own laundry and the mother in the household is taking on the responsibility of keeping their room cleaned up and doing their laundry, and he's just downstairs hanging out, doesn't have a job. That boundary that you need is that you need to set up for them that this is your expectation and this is my job. That's your job, taking that responsibility on. problem I have is that I get people that do come and talk to me a lot, And I hear them complain and complain and complain about their child or this friend or that family member that keeps pushing in on them. And it's not them that has the problem.
0: Yeah. It's that this other person has been enabled.
1: Yeah. I mean, it becomes my problem. It can becomes, I become the problem because I'm allowing that person to push in on where that line should be drawn.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think you know, that that's where taking personal responsibility is so important. Mm-hmm. And, and as hard as, as, as it is for us to take responsibility sometimes, because we don't want to mm-hmm. be held accountable. We really don't. We're naturally like that, right. like, because in our pride, we, we don't want to be told that we may potentially be doing something wrong and getting to the point where we can open ourselves up to the potential that we are wrong and we need to open ourselves up to the idea of doing something different so that we aren't shutting ourselves off to the potential solution of no longer enabling this person within our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so like that, like the kid that's sitting in the basement, he's playing video games all day, doesn't have a job. What do you do? What what would you recommend somebody in that situation do?
1: Well, I really think first off, you got to define what your expectation is. How 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 much do you want to to um put out there? Like and when you decide where this boundary is going to be, you got to stick with it. You got to be consistent with it. So sit down with your spouse and say, what do we need to do? What are going to be our okays and our not okays? Where do we start teaching this person to take on their own responsibilities? And you need to, I I personally say, write it out because you're not going to remember every step. But write out what your expectations is of this person. So say, number one, you have to get a job. And you've got X amount of time to get that job. You have to do this many house chores since you're living here. You have to this and then give them the consequence if they don't fulfill that. Like, okay, I'm telling you, you have to have a job within two weeks. Mm. If you don't have a job in two weeks, you're out of the house. Right. Okay. If you have a job in two weeks, you can stay here, but you're going to start paying a little bit of money rent while you're staying here. Start giving them responsibility. So when you do push them out of the house, then they somewhat know what to do. I mean, if you stop and think about when I raised you kids. Mm Mm-hmm. What was the comment I said about college and and graduating high school? Do you
0: remember? You you said if I went to college that I could stay with you.
1: You can stay in my house.
0: But if I'm not going to college, I'm required to get a job. Now, you may have allowed the other children to do that. You were done with me. (laughs) You said... You were the baby. (laughs) You said two weeks, get out. So... I got out.
1: Well, you had shorter notice probably than most of them did because you had already been screwing up.
0: Yeah, I, so I, had-, I had screwed up a lot, but I was also in a corrective phase at the time too. True. You know, I had a full-time job, so it's not like you threw me out to the streets. Right, You knew I had a good full-time job and that you wouldn't have done that if you didn't believe that I could take on the responsibility of living my own life as an adult. And And, you know, I... I don't think even at the time that I was upset that you did that. I was like, okay, whatever. I called a friend. They let me move into their basement. And, and I lived in the in the living room for a while, which I thoroughly appreciated, you know, yes. them, them allowing me yeah. to do that. And within, you know, seven, eight months, I, I started renting my own house. And then a year later, I bought a house. And that's right. the house that you guys are watching and looking at right, right. now.
1: But if you remember... I always said, too, if you're not in college, you're going to get a job. And if you stay in my house, you're going to pay me rent. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: None of you ever paid me rent. None of you.
0: Well, I never had to.
1: No, because you all left.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The moment that you thought you had to pay me
1: rent, you left, which was fine with me. That was the whole purpose anyway, is, is I needed you guys to go. The whole purpose, and I think we forget this as parents, God gives us children for time. And that time, by law says 18 year of age, that time is to prepare you to go. Yeah. You know, go. Right. And um,
0: I can't live on sadly, your, I can't live on your dime for the rest of my life. Right. And you can't expect me to be responsible if I'm still living on your dime. Right. You know, I, I think about this. Um, I know a lot of people that are in their mid to late 20s and are mm-hmm. still living at home. Yeah. And those people aren't motivated. Why? Those people aren't determined.
1: But but who's the problem? Is it the problem of those young adults still living at home? Or who's the problem or the parent that doesn't force them out?
0: Yeah, there may be some enabling going on yes. that's, that's not allowing the kid, the kid, the... I, I call it a man child, woman child, whatever you want to call it. Okay, that 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 person that's not um, progressing, right, and and becoming more independent, they're a man child, or they're a woman child. Essentially, they're in their womanhood, they're in their manhood, but they're still reliant on other people and haven't developed into their independence to take personal responsibility to go out into their own life, fight their own battles and establish their own career so that eventually, because this is the hope as a parent, of course, I'm not a parent, but when I think about being a parent, what I think about is my job as a parent is to raise this child to go forth into this society so that when they are out in the community, they then become leaders within that community because I recognize the influence that I have maybe as a father, as a mother, that Mm. I play in their life at this crucial moment, zero to 18 years old, to grow that child, to become independent, to go out into life and be able to say yes and be able to say no, to look at their life and say, I wanna be here in five years that a lot of the time, that is going to be contingent on the parenthood. Right. You know, I, I think about it like this, too. Like with dad, okay? Mm-hmm. When, when I When I talk about my manhood, I talk about my manhood as I have to define my manhood because I didn't have an example of a man. So even if you're in a poor situation that doesn't give you the example to go out into life and go forth and conquer life... Mm-hmm. If you have the perspective that I can overcome, right. I can be different than what I experienced. right, And I think a lot of people miss that because oftentimes we, we play victimhood. Mm-hmm. We, we play it like, well, it's because X, Y, and Z is my makeup. And, and this is where personal responsibility when establishing res- uh, your, your boundaries is so important right. is because when you look at yourself, you should be looking at all of the experiences, all of the traumas, all of the things. This is you dealing with you. Right. The battle within you that nobody else can contribute to because it's you. Yeah. It's your battle. You're at war in your own life and nobody else is right. responsible for it once you're an adult besides you. yeah, That's accountability. Right. And but- so, so like looking at dad... I can't go, I don't go back and I look at dad and I'm like, well, it's because my dad was an alcoholic and he was absent that makes me inadequate today. No, I look back at my dad and I'm like, I don't want to be like him. So what is the complete opposite? So I can't even imagine my, my perspective here too, is I can't imagine having a mediocre parent, Mm -hmm. you know, you establish those boundaries But let's say that that a parent has not established those boundaries at all. Let's
1: talk about some of those things. Um, And it starts at an early age that you have to start telling them. You know, and and I think we we as parents are very guilty. And I don't think that we necessarily realize that we do this. But our kids, here we have our little kids growing up and they're cute and and stuff. But we, as they, (laughs) I don't know how to say this. Better than, um, I just remember at a very young toddling age with rock, um, he would go over and kept playing with the plug on the wall and I'd go over and I'd bump his finger and say, no, you know, and I had to repeatedly keep doing that. That's a boundary I'm trying to teach him. That is dangerous. Stay away.
0: Yeah. But sometimes okay. the kid has to stick his finger in the outlet.
1: Exactly. And sometimes you get to that point and you go, but you got to pick and choose. I mean, I'm not going to let him do something that I know that he can get killed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or but extreme yet to hurt you, you
1: have to start picking those things that will teach them that there is a boundary here. Like, yeah. for instance, I never packed away my pretty things in my house from you kids. When
0: you're no, you didn't
1: No, And, you know, and I remember my mom saying, don't you need to She would pick up her things when the kids would come over she didn't want them broke and stuff. And I said, no, you smack their hands when they're getting ready to touch it, and you teach them, that's not yours, leave it alone. That's mine, my ownership of that. So I never put things up in the house. You kids, ta- did things get broke? Sure they did. But it taught you that my things, I would use the word, that's grandma's pretty, or that's mama's pretty, you don't touch. But I taught you kids those kind of boundaries. Like, Kids playing outside. You teach them not to go out to the street because they could get run over by a car. You, you have to teach those kids little boundaries all the way. And as they get older, they should be able to accept more boundaries or more responsibilities for themselves. Um, if you remember correctly, there came a day when you dirtied your clothes. Who washed your clothes?
0: Levi washed his clothes.
1: What, about the time you were age 10? You were doing your own laundry. I don't wear which your- I
0: still hate laundry to this day.
1: I know, but I didn't wear your clothes. Yeah, you wore your clothes. Yeah, so you needed to learn to do your laundry. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Same thing with cooking for yourself,
1: right? Or, or when I would cook, who got to clean up the dishes?
0: But, but also, also, you know, a, a key point to hit on there is that life is about taking the risk. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think about, you know, when I was when I was in third grade and I'm sitting there cooking ramen noodles on the stove. Oh, yeah. You know, there's probably parents out there that wouldn't allow their kids to be cooking on a stove at, at that age because yeah. out of fear of getting burned, you know. But you as a single mother, you couldn't always be there right. to do that. So we had to like initially take responsibility at at times. Mm hmm. And what ended up happening was was I spilt like four cups of boiling hot water on me and I had wow. third degree burn on my ear, second degree on my shoulder, and second degree on my foot. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, to <clears throat> excuse me, to prevent melanoma, I'm supposed to wear one sock and a shirt every time I go swimming. You think I'm going to do that? No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. But but understanding that 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 the risk that the child plays. You know, like Brock sticking his finger in the outlet, mm-hmm. he's going to learn real quick. Hey, I don't want to stick my finger in that outlet because, ouch, it hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, don't play around in the kitchen, Levi, when you have a, a a spoon in your hand and you're boiling water. And don't act like you're going to pull out the spoon real quick to, you know, play with your sister and probably hit her with the spoon because you're being honoring. Right. And 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 then understanding that. Um, By you allowing us to be there, to get to that point Mm -hmm. where where we're making our own decisions, it taught us the boundary without you even having to show us.
1: Right, and even even a step further with that, who dressed their wounds? Didn't you wrap your own foot? Yeah, I did. Because that was kind of a consequence. You mess around with fire, you're gonna get burned. Mm -hmm. And when you get burned, Take care of your foot. But
0: somebody would say, well, that's lacking compassion, Kim. Why would you make your 10-year-old son do that? What would you say to, to that?
1: Well, it wasn't my fault that you were playing at the stove, boiling hot water, and messing around with your sister. Right. You know? And I know that sounds cruel to some parents going, oh, my gosh, they were only, you were 10. You were old enough to know better, right? Yeah. Yeah. How many times had I told your kids, don't play in the kitchen around the stove like that? Right. I mean.
0: And 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 to clarify, there's parents that neglect their children, okay, and that they yes. aren't teaching them things and they aren't involved and, and all of those things. You weren't that, though. You were still like, okay, this is how you're going to wrap it. This is what you got to do, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like here, throw, throw you out to the wolves no. and, and figure no, it out.
1: No, you know. I mean i taught you the responsibility it's like doing laundry i taught you how to sort your laundry now if you decided after i taught you how to sort your laundry and do your laundry if you decided i want to make this quick and put all the laundry in the same washer and your red t-shirt went in there and it faded into your white undies and you got your undies out and they're pink was it my responsibility to run right out and buy you some new whiteies right. because you didn't do which, laundry the way you were taught?
0: Which 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 makes me think about carrying burdens, right? Mm-hmm. You know, as a, as a parent, I, I think you really you really do carry your child's burdens as they're a child. Yes. What were some things that that you experienced? You know, carrying a, a a burden for for the children, providing food, providing, providing food, shelter,
1: shelter. Um, basic necessities, um, clothing on your back, shoes, and things, um, the the tangible burdens that we normally do.
0: Before we could be individually responsible, you were providing the things that were needed. Right. And so, you know, using all of those things as an example, then you take away from those and you say, at what point, have i overly extended myself for this 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 child where mm-hmm. now it's time for them to learn and take on the personal responsibility
1: well and each child's different i mean of course i had seven so all of you were different but some of you kids took on responsibilities sooner than others and i think it's teaching learning your child what they can comprehend, what they understand to do. Um, now, once my oldest son, for instance, um, by the time he was teenage years, he was getting himself in trouble a lot, making not good decisions, following the wrong people um, stuff. Um, so the first time that he um, broke into a store installed something, I looked into putting him into a behavioral hospital. As a parent, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to help him maybe whatever I can do. So I put him in a behavior hospital, a treatment center for 30 days. That kept him out of going to juvie. Okay. So when we got him out, the next time he robbed the bank or robbed a bank, he didn't rob a bank. He stole from Walmart. Um, By that time, he was probably about 16. Um, This time he went to juvie and he went to, you know, a boys detention center. Got out of that. Now he's 18, and he decides to rob a place, and now he goes to prison because I don't pay for his legal. When he went to juvie, I paid for legal to be represented so that he just went for a short period of time, but by the time the third time, three strikes, you're out, and when he called me and I says, I'm not paying for your legal fees. You're guilty of doing this. You're going to serve the consequences from it. Mm -hmm. Now, I got to tell you, there was two other boys involved in that same scenario, Okay one the parents paid for his legal took care of him that that boy never had any consequences but he's not a he's still dependent okay the other one i don't know because i didn't know him but what i'm saying is is that at some point in time you have to know your child to know okay it's time to cut the cord. it's Mm -hmm. time to say i'm done um And I think parents have a hard time with finding that line. Mm -hmm. But you have to know your kids know when they're mature enough to hit that line where you take the next step. Um, For instance, I was a single mom. My kids were never going to get a car bought by mommy. If they wanted a car, they were going to have to get a job and earn the money and buy their first cars. Never bought a first car for any of you. But. Half of you got a car while you were still in high school because you decided to take on summer jobs and you saved money and you bought your own car. Some of you didn't get a car until much later because you weren't willing to take on the responsibility. Did I become your taxi car driver by the time you were in high school? No. No.
0: Nope. We rode the bus to work or school. Um, We walked to work, rode a bike, called a friend to pick us up. Um, there was no reliance on you as a single mother once we were old enough to determine ourselves how we were going to get from point A to point B. Right. And, and the reality is, is that now, as these kids are all out of the house, now they're building their own house. They're building their right. own life, brick by brick. <laughs> And, and so you, you take those experiences of the finger in the outlet, the water on the shoulder, the burns, the, the, right. the, the, the hurt, the pain, learning, right. learning from the experience and taking it and applying it into adult life is now building their own house. And by building their own house, then they go forth into their life and now they establish boundaries within their life. But not only do they establish boundaries – they establish entry points. Like mm-hmm. like the the opening of a fence to allow some something into their lives.
1: So as my kids got to be adults and they've left home, started building their own lives and stuff, they had to start putting up their own fences, say, their own boundaries. Did they always do the boundary I thought they should do? No. Because I gave them the independence to choose what boundaries they wanted to put up. Now and so, building boundaries. I know you kids left home with some dysfunction. There was some dysfunction there. Some of you kids have dealt with that dysfunction on a good good note, and some of you haven't. And so, I as a parent have to step back and allow that to happen to you to each one of the kids. You know, I mean,
0: <clears throat> why why?
1: Well, if I step in, how do you continue learning? How do you continue staying on your own two feet? Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, Scripture says something about carrying each other's burdens. Let's take that for instance. Um, Burdens, according to a Greek word, is something that's overwhelming, that's very heavy, that you can't carry on your own. So say somebody gets ill. One of you kids have an accident or you get extremely ill you miss work maybe even possibly lose your job can't work and and one of your kids did and i allowed you to move back into my house you can stay for a period of time till you get back on your feet those are the kind of burdens that we need yeah
0: you're you're not 27 you lose your job and now you get to live at mom's house until you're 61
1: no <laughs> no but you know and i i want to touch on that a little bit here in a minute but but what i'm saying is is that You have to be open to know the difference between, is it something out of their control that happened that they hadn't planned, car accident that may have left them, you know, recovering for long periods of time or an illness or something like that, where I can go in and offer assistance.
0: Well, and that's what family is for.
1: Right. And then there's those, what we call knapsacks. Those things that are everyday things that we have to do to take care of ourselves and be responsible for. I'm going to take, for instance, say um, they don't manage their money well Mm -hmm. and they spend a lot on eating out or or they smoke or they drink or whatever. And they come to me and say, I need diapers or I need clothes or I need something for my kid. As a parent, I'm going to say, figure it out. You need to learn to budget or re- redirect your finances so you can provide. Now, I'll help
0: you with the budgeting. Yeah.
1: I'll, yeah, I'll be more than now, happy to help and, you And, budget. and, and
0: I, think, I think that's what's important. Right. You know, that, that that's establishing your boundary. I'm not going to assist you financially, but I will give you some pointers, some of my wisdom. Yes. And teach you how to work through this issue because you experience those issues too. So right. it's not necessarily you lacking compassion by not helping financially maybe the most compassionate and empathetic thing that you can do that helps them the most is to say, hey, let's sit down, let's do your budget together and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of give you some critiques. Mm-hmm. And I think that, 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 that too, what makes that so important is, is that also is as an adult child, if I came to you and I said, I'm having these financial issues, mom, can you help me budget as a 28 year old man? That's humiliating.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: That's extremely humiliating because here I am. I have a need
1: mm-hmm.
0: and my burden, it's my burden, and I feel inadequate to solve the burden. Right. So, so I have to come to my mother, and she's going to teach me how to do it. Yeah. I, I don't like that idea. No, but, but- humility.
1: Yes, but that, that goes to, you know, we build our fences, but we have to have gates in our fences. Yeah. Okay, and that that's an example of a gate. You need help. You have to be able to go through that fence. That's where, you know, the the, the, the good comes in, the bad goes out. So you're opening your gate so good can come in. You're asking for help. You're not asking me to pay your bills. You're asking me to help you figure out how to pay your bills.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As as a single guy, it kind of makes me think about the dating world. Um, w- yes. When saying that, I mean, really, that is like the most relatable thing that I can I can have with with allowing good in and bad out. Yeah. A lot of people when when they experience a heartbreak, they completely shut down to the potential of another relationship out of the prevention of being hurt again, mm-hmm. and they're scared and fearful. And they don't go into the, the, the new relationship with a sense of renewed courage. right? And, and the renewed courage is believing in your own perspective or the way you identify problems within a relationship and trusting your intuition to go into that relationship and now communicate the issues that you are having in that relationship. That by you opening up that gate, you opened it up, knowing that you could trust your judgment. You, but 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 if you don't do that, then you may never experience the love that you want in your life because you've shut everybody off to getting to know you, your heart, your personality, and so then all of your gifts don't go out into this. Am I losing you? We're going to acknowledge that edit. Um, I was I was on point, but uh, I had to cough. Mom had to had to get the frog out of her throat. So yeah, well, when when we're not opening ourselves up, then we actually, in the end, if we don't, because we're not experiencing love, because we're not getting the the essential need that we have in our lives, which is right. relationship, because we're scared and we're fearful. Then the result of that is resentment. Yes, you can become very bitter from not opening up that gate, mm-hmm. recognizing yeah. that you didn't go out into life and see an opportunity, right, and take it. Right. So important.
1: It is important. I think that we're because when we don't have good boundaries from a a young age and growing up, we have a tendency to shut those gates and and keep a certain part of us. Guarded. You know, lo- guarded. And when we do that, we're not opened up for the full potential there is for us. And uh, I think a lot of people, and just the emotional baggage that we get from broken relationships, um, hurts, pain, um, keep us from that. And, and I think it's very important for us to um, work on those things. We need to know those things are within us and know that it's not a healthy thing to do. And we need to open that up. Um, Even at 66, I still struggle with some of those things. Um, I have a tendency to want to fix things all the time. I mean, I know good boundaries, but I still have a tendency that I want to fix broken people. Or I see things in people that I think, um, I mean, I'm just going to be arrogant here. Sometimes I just think that I have so much knowledge sometimes in relational things and stuff that I know the answers. And I need to learn that even in relationships, I should not present myself that I know those answers and stuff unless they come to me and say, Hey, can you help me Mm -hmm. and recognize that?
0: And part of opening up that gate too, is, is recognizing that the importance of being open to another person's perspective, you know, that's, that's really something that I've lived by on the podcast and something that I've had to learn. You know, because because initially I'm like, I got this, I can carry all of this, put it all on my shoulders, and and I can trust my own judgment in the seek of me seeking validation. In the moment that I just set the seeking validation aside, that I that I was right in my mind,
1: mm-hmm.
0: instead of being like that, now I just converse. Like, hey, yeah. dude, what what, what did yeah. you think about? Th- like, like genuinely, be raw with me, be authentic. You think it was trash? You think that last episode was trash? Tell me it was trash. Mm-hmm. But don't just tell me it was trash, dude. I want to hear what you think I could do better. Mm-hmm. Reinforcing that from the other end of the relationship, but opening myself up to the susceptibility of potentially being hurt that here I am. I worked on this episode yeah. for an hour and 30 minutes in the in the recording phase. I did all of this pre-recording stuff that mm-hmm. the you and I do. And 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 then I sat in the studio for five or six hours. I put in all this effort, everything, and knowing that the result of it can be absolutely terrible and complete trash. But opening myself up to somebody mm-hmm. telling me that and giving me direction.
1: So we're talking about taking ownership of our own feelings, our own attitudes, our own behaviors, which is really struggle. Like, we struggle with that.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> we like to blame other people for those inadequacy things. I, I remember when you first started the podcast, and if you got anyone that was critical or tried to give you some advice, you took it personal. And you, your feelings were hurt, or you get angry, or whatever. Taking ownership of those feelings and realizing that that person didn't make you angry. You allowed yourself to be angry. And if you really examine that, there was some truth behind what they said, even though you don't want to maybe admit it. Yeah. Okay. So I think, you know, I see a lot of people that will come to me and say, I was so angry or I didn't like that. We have to be really careful about um, taking ownership because nobody can make you mad. You choose to be mad. Yeah. Nobody can make you behave a certain way. You choose to behave that certain way. Your attitudes come off because you choose your attitudes. Now, do I think it's wrong for you to have, say, you were a little upset with somebody critiquing your podcasts and you didn't like it I don't think there's anything wrong with going to that person and say I felt this when you told me that can we talk about that you know and take ownership of how it made you feel and you can't go to that person and say you made me feel because yeah. what's that do what's that it, do?
0: it automatically puts up a wall that yes. that person isn't going to be open with me now because it's going to create a defense tactic right. essentially. So that in the shut the gate, didn't it? Yeah. It shut yeah. the
1: gate. So I think we have to learn to say, I felt this way when this was done. Mm-hmm. That takes the, the, that opens the gate for open discussion and mm-hmm. open talk. And you could do this with your children. You can do this with those people that are with, pushing with, and well approaching. You,
0: well, 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 you can do it with a relationship. Like, 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 let's say that, that you have a girlfriend that's in a relationship. You guys all go out and grab dinner together and you say something that immediately her facial expression changed and you immediately knew what you just said was offsetting to her. Mm -hmm. Now, whose responsibility is it in that situation to approach that? Let's say that it's you. I, I think it's 50 50 really. I think it's just as much her responsibility to come to you and say, hey, I was hurt by what you said. Can we discuss this? And if you recognized it, it's just as much as your responsibility to to go to her in private as as you guys were with, you know. Okay. You okay. see what I'm saying?
1: So you say something to me, and I'm offended by it, or I have that expression. My responsibility is to say to you, when you said that, that hurt my feelings. Or not, Not. I'll take that one back. Cut that all off because it's just com- compromised. Just when I said you got to do the I instead of the you, mm-hmm. I needed, okay. So when you said something about, I had a friend and I could tell the moment I said something and it wasn't pleasant for her. As the person who said it, I need to go to that person later and say, you know, I noticed that you were uncomfortable with that and I'm sorry if that offended you in any way and stuff can we talk about that just as much as it's her responsibility that if her feelings were hurt or she was angry about that it's her responsibility to come to me and say i felt like this when this was because
0: sick. you may not have you may you may not have recognized that it hurt her right because everybody's facial expressions are different communication is different the way that you um understand communication is completely different so in a relationship it, it takes it takes two to tango in that in that right, sense right. of yeah that hurt me let's have a conversation about it right. and and then once you have the conversation then it's both parties responsibilities to be 100% open about it right. not 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 approach it with a sense of pride like oh i did nothing wrong you know screw you it's let's solve the issue because this right. relationship is more important to me to have than myself Right. My pride, right? but, but there's also boundaries there. And this yes. is the reason why we don't know how many episodes we're going to end up doing because it's such a diverse topic of what a boundary looks like, right? you know, and, 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 and the reality is in that type of situation. And this is the reason why the podcast name is so fitting because it's in the pursuit of truth. Right, because you're pursuing the truth of how it made her feel. Mm -hmm. She's pursuing why you said that, and then it goes into a deeper topic of communication. Right, you know. So those are we can go down so many different avenues with. Right,
1: and you know my struggle with all of this in today's culture, today's society. I hate texting or emailing, or messaging, because so many emotions get construed in that. And that's why I personally would prefer a face-to-face. So I have the opportunity to look that person in the eye and say, if I offended you, I'm sorry. And they know it, they feel it, because it's there. so hard with text messaging and stuff to really be able to express what's really, really going on.
0: Within us, yeah.
1: Within us. And so, you know, we got to be really careful about that. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm a very humorous person. And I, I throw out some windows sometimes <laughs> on text messages. Yeah. How long did
1: it take us to get started on this tonight? Because we kept getting sidetracked.
0: Yeah. I, I tell you what, I definitely think that, that you gave me my ADD.
1: <laughs> you think so?
0: <laughs> ADHD, attention hyper deficit. Dis- uh, yeah. See, maybe well, I'm dyslexic. I mean, you too. Know, I'm just, I'm just a victim to all of it.
1: <laughs> you can, if you want to choose to be a victim, that's your choice because yeah. it is a choice. Yep. You know, so but anyway, and I probably did. And you know, I had seven kids, and so my mind was bouncing off everybody. So mm-hmm. <laughs> never, I mean, you didn't get undivided attention like you probably should have. But yeah, I need the undivided attention. Yeah, you're kind of spoiled.
0: The, well, that's because I'm the only child, like, or I'm, 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 I'm the youngest child so I'm essentially the only child at one point
1: only by five minutes
0: still five minutes counts <laughs> think but but life. let's let, let's talk about God's boundaries you well, know we we, we we hit on this last episode that the yes. God God says no sometimes
1: yes God says yes sometimes but God created boundaries right and so you know we t- think about this that God has his likes, he has his dislikes. He has who he is and who he isn't. He's explained that in scripture. And then we look at the Trinity. You got the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Each one of them, even though they're in one, they each have their own individual responsibilities.
0: Yeah. You know. So, so you could say like the Holy Spirit is with you. But you could also say Jesus is with you. You could also say God is with you, but it's really the Holy Spirit in, in in its in design. It's the Holy Spirit that's with you currently. Jesus came here, he died. He's the one that gives us grace, mercy, and forgiveness. He fulfilled the law. Whereas God is the righteous and sovereign judge, the heavenly father is the God and 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 righteous judge of our lives and the holy spirit is what is out in the current world today that's playing a factor into what's happening within maybe these relationships maybe what's what's happening within our personal lives or or even completely personal when we're completely alone that's God working in us in that moment that's the holy spirit
1: yes yes and I think people have a hard time understanding what the Trinity is and how they all work separately but yet together. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, yes, we're left with the Holy Spirit today. Once Christ died on the cross, he went to be home with his heavenly Father. The Holy Spirit was left for us. The Holy Spirit is what guides us, prompts us to do things. It's our convictions. It's our, you know, it, it's it's what comforts us when we need it and stuff. And, and I remember... Uh, you guys being young and what was hard for me is trying to, to communicate to you kids what that meant. But if you remember correctly, you know um, I wanted you to be allowed to love your father. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I remember teaching, you know, if you remember you're to respect him Mm -hmm. and you're going to love him, but I want you to understand that when it's not good, how to use your boundary. And if you remember, I used to say to you, when you go over to visit your dad, and if any time if something inside here stirs and it's not comfortable or if it doesn't feel good, that's when you can call me and say, Mom, come get me.
0: I don't think I ever did that.
1: You only did one time.
0: <laughs> was that when the chair caught on fire? Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, my so I'll just I'll just share the story real quick. Um, you know, I was I was what, maybe six six. Year, I was six. maybe six years old, and it, it was wintertime here in southeastern Kansas, probably like 20 degrees. This is like one of those memories that I, I remember very vividly because it, it scared it scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah, And, uh, you know, so he lived in a, in a shotgun house. If you don't know what a shotgun house is, it's just essentially three rooms back to back to it's back.
1: It's a tiny home today.
0: Ti- yeah, <laughs> essentially a tiny home today. And it's called a shotgun house because if you shot a shotgun into the house, it would go through every room. Um, that's how small it was. And so he had this gas wall furnace heater. Um, and in the wintertime, like it was so cold, you know, that, that, that house was like a hundred years old from the old oil fields here in southeastern Kansas. And so I, I would put the chair up against the wall to keep my back warm. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe I just didn't recognize it at the time because I was just used to it. That dad's just drunk. Like that's just what he does. And I, I, didn't know how yeah. to um, understand that at and the time. It was one of
1: those rare occasions that I kind of let my guard down and let you go spend the night with him, which was a rare rarity because yeah. of that.
0: And and he got extremely intoxicated, passed out, and we're probably watching some 70s horror movie. I have no clue what we were watching. and And the chair caught on fire from the wall furnace. And me being six years old, you know, I, I, I don't, I mean, now I somewhat have the intelligence. I maybe run like an 87 IQ, which is probably just enough to know pour water <laughs> yeah. onto the back of the chair to put the fire out. And instead I look back at my dad and he's just in the recliner and he's passed out profusely sweating. Maybe, maybe he's in a diabetic coma. Maybe it's a, maybe it's yeah. a, a medical issue, but either way I'm sitting there. I'm like, dad, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. He wouldn't wake up, and so then I went to dial nine one one. Well, for you youngins out there, there was a time when the line would be busy on nine one one, and yeah. the line was busy, and miraculously, Brock showed up, I guess, to check on me, and he runs into the kitchen, gets a cup of water, puts it out. But 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 inside of me, that 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 was such a, a traumatic moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so but this it,
1: is this is where I want to tell you how the Holy Spirit works. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember that morning when I got up, I felt something in my spirit that something wasn't right. And I tried to call over there, and I couldn't get through. So I called Brock. He lived in town, and I called Brock, and I says, will you go by and check on Levi for me? I was running a daycare, so I couldn't leave. <laughs> and he goes, Mom, I'm going into Wichita to look for a job. He was going to go look for a job Wow. <laughs> at the time. Anyway, and I says, please, can you just swing by— And check on him. And he goes, I will want to get back in town. I hung up the phone. And I started praying because I just had this. And most all moms will know that feeling when you just know that you know that something's not right. And I just started praying about it. And it wasn't probably 30 minutes later, here Brock shows up with you. you reeking like smoke. Him telling me that the house was on fire and what had happened and stuff. And I later sat down with Brock and I said... So what made you go back and check on him? And he said to me, he says, Mom, I was leaving town, and I just had something come over me that said that I needed to go back. And I believe that was the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, what else could it be? There's nothing else that could explain that.
1: Right. And this is the funny part about it is, is that at that time in Brock's life, he'd just come out of prison. He was a very angry person. And he said, there is no God. And I says you just need to be quiet and listen to him. And he says I never hear him. And so anyway, when he was telling me that, I said Brock, that was God. That was God's voice saying go back and check. And to him, that I think that was a real moment for him to go, Oh, I understand now. Yeah. And so that's how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit does have like
0: boundaries. use essentially in the the, the complexity of that story, right? Yeah. Um,
1: because if you remember correctly, wow. when that house was on fire, you kept, you said to Brock, I kept going back in to try to wake up dad. I kept going back in and trying to wake up dad.
0: It's well, well, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to, we're going down this rabbit trail because there's just so many things coming to my mind right now that I want to make sure that that we share here. But the malevolence, the mm. evil okay, say from from drinking and being absent from the son at the time mm-hmm. and that the addiction was more important than to be present at a time with his son that wasn't over very often right. but still chose to partake in, in his addiction. And God using the malevolence of that, to not impact me as a 6-year-old child but using me as a 6-year-old child mm-hmm. as essentially a ploy to act in Brock's life right the complexity of that and how many moving parts and this is the reason why when you when you talk to an atheist and they're like prove that god is real we don't understand we had no clue at the time that that's that's the complexity of what's going on and even at this time we still don't know the complexity of that Mm-mm. like you can't explain God like this is why it's a fundamental thing that that I've I've probably said on on 30 of, of the 53 episodes that that God is infinite and I am infinite to to his power right I have no full, and complete understanding of Him, but in, in, in my in my chase for knowledge and wisdom, I maybe get a snippet that makes me appreciate the way that He acts in our lives, mm-hmm. and I think that's applicable to everybody. But 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 we have to be open to that,
1: right? Right. Wow, that's and just sometimes crazy. you know, it, and and going back to the subject of boundaries. To me, that was an opening of Brock's gate mm-hmm. because he had shut the gate to any kind of emotional.
0: And that's God's stuff. sovereignty. Yes. That's God's sovereignty, though. Yes, like Brock may have closed the gate, but but, but 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 God's like, I want Brock. Yeah, you know, I I mean, I mean, there there is verses about being predestined and and God working mm-hmm. in our lives, even if we're rejecting Him at times. Right, and and. In God's sovereignty that's that's also his judgment to to say i know that that brock or whoever is is a good and faithful servant and will will serve me well mm-hmm. and so like in this low moment of his rejection i'm going to say hey brock wake
1: up yeah
0: and it's a whisper it's not yeah it, it's not, it's it's not yeah. that clear god
1: rarely ever comes in like a storm i yeah. mean god is in the still moment And I think that, you know, when we think in the terms of the boundaries, he's not pushy. You know, he doesn't push. He doesn't force. He doesn't insist. He sits and waits and he's patient and he's kind and he's loving and he whispers, come to me, come to me, you know, and we have messed ourselves up so much that we can't hear that voice sometimes. Mm -hmm. And. That was just one of those moments that God gave me the forewithal to say to Brock, that was God. God spoke to you, and you heard him, mm-hmm. and you acknowledged him, without really him knowing that that's what he did. And I think, you know, when we go back to boundaries, we know when God is speaking to us, if we just could recognize it. And he, you know, the parent knows when they're doing something that doesn't feel right, that they know they need to say no to their child or no to that friend that's encompassing on your boundary. need You know. If, and if
0: you're uneasy about it, turn to him.
1: Turn to him. If there's an uneasy God's feeling...
0: Not, God's not going to say no to asking you, you for, for that type of help.
1: Well, and, and the, the struggle we have today is that we think that we have to go to other people to validate what we know In our spirit, God is telling us to do. Mm -hmm. We know if we have stepped over a boundary into where we're enabling someone to continue their lifestyle that's not going to be conducive for them to grow and become responsible. You know, we know. I can tell you, I can't tell you how many times that I said yes when I should have said no out of my own.
0: I've done it a lot.
1: <laughs> well, not even guilt, but out of my own thinking, I can fix I c- it.
0: I can do it. I can yeah. fix
1: it. I can rescue it. I can. And I need to take a step back and go, I overstep my boundary. Mm. And I do that a lot. I am guilty of doing that a lot. Um, and I think part of it, and, and I'm not making excuses, but I think it's just a natural innate to me that I don't like to see people hurting and if I see that there's something there, I want to dig a little deeper. Let's get it out. Let's let's mm. dissect it and let's, you know, forgive it, let it go, resolve it, and let's go on. And I realize that sometimes I get pushy about that sometimes and I just need to step back and go not, I'm stepping over my boundary when I do that. Mm. And so, you know, I'm just as guilty about breaking my own boundaries as people are encroaching on my boundaries. And I think... We still have to go back to the very foundation of what's yes, what's no, what's good, what's bad, what's intangible, what's not intangible, and finding all of those places of putting them, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: I feel like, uh, I feel like this is a good stopping point for, uh, for us to lead into okay. the next episode. So, um, mom, is there anything else you want to share? Really? Okay. I, you know, I, I think um, this is a lot longer than I think we anticipated. Um We've struggled through this episode. Yeah, I we mean, really
1: have. We, we struggled with this one. Yeah. Um, because it's very personal, so it's kind of hard to put into a um way of communicating that. Um, yeah. because it is very personal.
0: Well, and and two, I want. I want so badly for this to make an impact on you. Yeah, That's the reason why we're having this conversation. That's the reason why I've invested so much time, energy and finances into this platform because I feel like that's my right. calling to be here doing this. That God has gifted me with the ability to want to go out and right. learn and, and, and do it and, and do it to, to, um, to honor Him. And um,
1: and, I, and I feel like I'm in the same boat. I mean, I wanted to do this with you not because I I tell my stories about my life because I want people to see how God worked in that those things, how God just worked in that. Times that I failed, times that I succeeded, you know, times that I enabled, times that I didn't. Um, I'm guilty of all of it. And I still struggle with it today,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, and, and hopefully, you know, as a listener, you, you can take away from probably some of the low moments in the episode that <laughs> yeah. maybe we weren't communicating um, the best. And then, and then looking at, at the high moments as well and, and the influx in the conversation that this is the greatest thing about podcasting and, and what I love and how it can relate to your own life is that we experience that in every aspect of our life. We experience, you know, maybe it's the finances. This month are great, and the next month everything's gone, gone to hell. And um, understanding that that we can pull through. Mm-hmm. And right here at the end, the, like the conversation about dad talking about God's sovereignty, His judgment. I I believe that was the best part of our conversation. But mm-hmm. it took us forty five minutes of <laughs> preparation at the beginning, yeah. but before we even started recording, then like seventeen. Um, tries and, and even like, you know, fumbling through, through the episode, but, but understanding that, that you can get there, you're going to battle, you're going to struggle. You're going to feel like a failure. I about just shut off the soundboard and said, mom, we're going to do it another time. But this episode has to get out. Even when you don't feel like it, you're presented in life with a challenge, an opportunity, Right. and taking that opportunity in in this moment getting to have a conversation with you guys i hope that the conversation that we had today even if i feel internally that it wasn't the best at moments yeah that that it was relational to you cuz it's about you
1: well one last thought i want to have is that i'm going to say a statement and i want you to think about this statement when you are presented in a position of what you don't know what to do. But I learned this a long time ago. Um, and the statement is, is it my problem? And think about that statement. We'll talk about it a little bit more next time.
0: In best-case scenario, you send mom a text message, you give her a, a call, you talk to her at work, you... Um, message me on the Facebook page, Instagram page, email me. I'm still on the Veritas uh, Podcast Hmm. 2021 uh, at gmail.com if you want to send me an email. That will be eventually changing. But um, that's the best way for you to interact with us and answer that question. And that way we can uh discuss some of your guys's answers that on the next episode which i think would be fun to have like a five ten minute segment where, where yeah. we talk about somebody to ask some questions things. Yep. So. so again guys thank you so much for joining this episode i apologize for the influx and in the conversation hopefully you stuck all the way through please make sure that you follow us on instagram facebook spotify leave an apple podcast and review to let new listeners know what you are experiencing on the pursuit of truth podcast remember we are here impacting culture through authentic conversations all right you guys have a great rest of your week and god bless